0: The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. us right in the face. It's like, all right, so how do we open this restaurant again?
1: Yeah, again. And so I feel like we've opened this restaurant like four times, four or five times now uh, in different iterations and...
0: Uh, so it's so evolution, but yeah. I think that's what a lot of restaurants fail in doing is they don't evolve with the times. They don't listen to their they don't listen to their patrons. Like you can't be a chef for the chefs. You got to be a chef for the people. I love that. You, you, you they're paying your bills. Yeah. They're they're the ones coming in here. Yeah. They're the ones that want a service from you. So if you're not touching tables I and mean, I, I touch tables to ask them, hey man, how was it? But being open, you can watch everybody take a bite and be like, all right, they don't like that shit. Yeah. Or or man, they love that. Yeah. So but. Seeing what people want, asking, "Hey, what do you want to see on the, the fall menu?" You know, "Oh, remember when you did this?" Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And then, but note that, and then go to, you know, what do you, you know. Oh, I saw this on Food Network and blah blah whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. listening to them and then giving them, giving them what they want. Because we opened, we were night and day different than what we are oh, yeah. now. We were trying too many. I mean, we, we had plates with too many touches, and we were doing things. And we're like, we can't do this. This yeah. is just not us. It's well, not, it's I love like what you said to... about being a chef.
1: Uh, <clears throat> instead of a chef for chefs, being a chef for the people. That's from you. You always say that. So well, I, t- I, I stole it from you. Well, I mean, again, like, <laughs> I've worked with plenty of chefs that, that were chefs for other chefs, and, uh-huh. you know, definitely you're, uh, uh, you know, you don't care. No, he man. He doesn't they... even make his staff call him chef. No, you know, some do the, the ones that are you know the kids that come in they're like we chef we chef we chef you know like yeah, that's he lets, lets them do it but whatever um, I don't
0: demand it I mean I'm gonna cook just like the rest of them if, if know, I gotta wash dishes I'm washing dishes I was washing dishes last week I don't, I don't
1: unpopular care. opinion though I think it's also important to make sure that you know you're not uh, running your business for the like local farmers, you know, like I think that using local uh, products and local where uh, possible, local where possible, is local where it, possible it, it's but, like necessary or it makes sense. Sure. I've seen I restaurants yes. go under because they can't make any money because they're doing a hundred percent local, and food cost is like forty fifty percent because you can't possibly fathom charging somebody, you know, a thirty percent food cost for everything that's coming in local. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we just removed an item. It's, it's
0: one of our it's our number one selling item at the calamari, restaurant. Calamari, yeah. Calamari, number one selling. We slay it, I'm, and just they got to the point where we had to charge twenty-five, twenty-six dollars for an appetizer for calamari. Because yeah. the pricing, we're like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, I just—I can't. I mean, the business has to be profitable. You I don't could, like it? I couldn't feel—I couldn't feel right sitting at home being like, yeah, have got this guy for twenty-six dollars from calamari. It's like,
1: can't do it. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah, I just—you know—a lot of a lot of us in this industry want the. You know the the glory or whatever from, that you see on Food Network or you know it's even Chef's Table is a great example. Like every single one of those is like you know it's the chefs like walking through the fields and tasting the yeah. the green beans. Oh, let's eat that right now. What does that taste Everybody like? Everybody can't be Noma. Yeah, I'm am searching through all these local and you know like uh, yeah Noma 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 is Noma. Like, let Noma be Noma. Yeah, um, and I think that's that has its place, and I definitely think that. Um, your vendors, you know, uh, Thomas Keller always talks about, like, how his vendors, like, that's how he is able to make great food is because when he does lobster, he's got a guy in Maine that gives him the best lobster that he could possibly get his hands on. And, you know, I've seen Greg with 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 our vendors and he has a really intense long-term relationship with every single one of them. And I think that's what really matters, you know, not not the not the little anecdote in your interview or on the menu that like you know this is you know from this farm and this is from this farm and it's like most people don't give a shit like at all yeah. like they're like does hey it it taste, it taste, we do, we do it, it when it matters good? like a tomato like, their values
0: season yeah put a good fucking tomato on a sandwich like that's that, that's when it's worth it but yeah. do i
1: think north Carolina beef or is better than midwest yeah. No. I think there's a nice balance. It's like anything. It's like a cocktail, you know, seasoning on the, on a plate. You have to, it's about the plate. You know, it's about the cocktail. It's about the restaurant. And it's like, how can you balance locally sourcing with also remaining yeah. profitable, you know, because it's so cool right now to only like all like, things. yeah, like I, I only get Hickory Nut Gap, you know, which <laughs> it's good. It's I know, great. I'm, but I'm just saying like, uh, oh, you know, the, it, things,
0: can the average Joe discern a difference between Hickory Nut Gap and a really nice brine you know, taken care of, cooked properly, seasoned properly, Smithfield yeah. pork? I, I, yeah.
1: I, I, I think it should be fashionable to have a successful business. Sure. Um, I mean, listen,
2: me. if you don't have a profitable business and you're not here long term, you can't employ anybody, you're not yeah. serving anybody. Like.
1: There's There's you're not winning road. anything.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, well let's let's dig in on some of the reasons why I think we're successful here. Okay. Number one, we all sit down every period, and it's the owners, our accountant, all the heads of department, and we have a coming to Jesus P&L meeting. Four hours. And it's wow. a massive, I mean, right here. Every period. Every four weeks, big, massive tape. Yeah, and we've got the, print, I mean, obviously the printouts are much larger than they used to be because, you know. Used to <laughs> we're all getting public. older? Well, I mean, we've got, we could have 10 periods on a, you know, a printout we look at the entire year and how sure. we're flowing, costing trends, uh, profitability across the board, where, you know, how can we, is our, you know, EBITDA where it needs to be? Um, now
2: you guys always did this
1: <laughs> since day one here yeah. and it's something that that's i remember something,
2: that's something that gary brought, i mean how, how how did that even that's something that chapel hill does how, how did this so even we
1: happen? we have a uh, an accounting management company called red mountain uh and I want to say they were responsible for Lone Star and all of Dennis Thompson's yeah, Dennis Thompson um, uh, concepts all, yeah most of his stuff. Okay. Um, they run Viva Chicken, Bad Daddies, uh, yeah. lots of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, yeah um, okay. Firebirds. And, and I think that that's how they were successful by saying like okay like it's no shade, but we're talking about the 38%. Why? Yeah. And then here's the breakdown of food costs. You know, every you know, across the last, you know, 10 periods or I'll whatever, reflect. let's, let's figure out why, let's figure it out as a team and Actually reflect. Yeah. And there's, it, it's honestly, it's one of the most like healthy things that you could possibly do for your business. Um, you know, I remember I was a GM at a place bef- right before this and I didn't know anything. I had, I mean, I was bonus on costs and percentages. I had a, a mock P and L that I was, you know, I would geocode all the invoices and then put them into this mock p spreadsheet. And I'm not an accountant. And you know, I didn't really have, you know, the tools to make that the exact p and then sure. I never got to compare it to an actual p and And so we just kind of rolled hoping that things were good I guess yeah. and yeah. you know here it's like unfortunately I think a lot of businesses operate that oh, yeah. way because they under, no, no, they're no, undereducated no, they don't even, know
2: exactly,
0: and they think they're doing fine because it's like oh I got some money in the bank and then all of a sudden something happens so like whoa listen
2: there, there's no school for business ownership
1: yeah like people just want to do it they should agree
2: but like no one's teaching you how to look through P&Ls. Yeah, you Who you, is, right? I mean, like, maybe if you're an accounting major, but, like, if you're in the food business okay. and you're, you know, you learn by just putting the bootstraps on and just catering, side jobs, gigs, yeah. you know, uh, bar back, you know, you bar training, being like, no one's, no one's teaching this stuff. Um, bro, I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I, really I, I, I won't ever do anything where we don't do I'm that. I'm
2: sure you learned a ton from that. Oh yeah, oh, I mean,
1: and then on top of that, like. Our account uh, is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it has to be tight. The books have to be tight, you know, like otherwise, uh, you know, this industry, there's so, such like little headroom for profitability anyways, Yeah, uh, that you could be, Again, sourcing too much stuff locally and your food costs is forty five percent. We ran into that. You know, we at the beginning we tried.
0: That's what we wanted to do. Um, or what the the vision? Somebody's other vision, you know, for what they wanted me to do. Yeah. I got the point. I was like, look, well, we can drop costs. We just got to make smart decisions on what's going to be local and what's not. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's not worth it, there's no yeah. point. Yeah. Do we get in it in frozen calamari.
1: Or it? Or do we get it? You know, shipped every two days from fresh. Yeah, from Spain. It's like. Does anybody know the difference? Anybody no, you can't tell the difference. Can't tell. So um, and so definitely the PL, I think, wow. was a, a huge, that. huge, huge thing. Uh, training is the other side of it. Like as managers, like I've worked at a lot of places where, you know, you come into work one day and the manager needed a warm body, and here's Joe Schmo. You're gonna be working with him for the next eight months. He's a complete psycho you know have fun yeah. you know and the managers don't care you know yeah. like for us here like training and curating our staff is extremely extremely important um, I love that. you know we do something here that uh i'm really really proud of uh, so basically uh, the way i explained it is the managers we set up the interview uh and if the interview goes great we set up the stage the stage you come in you're working a shift half on the floor half behind the bar um and the staff seizures yeah. you. Pirate ship. So we set up the stage, the manager set up the stage, the staff hires you. What? Because yeah. I had so many bad experiences where like, I'm like, God, I could have told you that this person wasn't gonna work out if you just would have let me. And so we let these, and we trust our, you know, these professionals to look at someone and be like, yeah, dude, this person's gonna jive up. We're gonna spend more time with each other than we are with our own families, Yeah. you know? I can, we can sniff out if somebody's a bullshitter yeah I mean I can't tell you how many bar managers have had come in that can't even stir that hyped their interview just I mean, yeah, like, oh man I right the, on the, paper da, 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 and then get back there and it's like yeah That's like I, yeah I can't cut an onion it's like oh well, you yeah. know
2: hey, what are you doing right there yeah. Yeah. it's like oh man so
1: the stage I think is huge and you know it's something that they they do in a lot of uh, you know bigger cities and uh, I just it's a working interview you know uh, I love that. and, and that's super huge for us. Behind the bar, every staff member in the front of house has to complete Bar Smarts, uh, which is an online training program. Uh, it's super comprehensive. It was put together by Dale DeGroff, uh, Dave Wandrich, and all, like, all these incredible uh, top minds in the uh, craft cocktail world. Um, they actually, it's like a five, $6,000 uh, five-day, uh, it's called Bar Five. Uh, and Gary actually did Bar Five uh, back in two thousand and eight. Some of his uh, classmates are like some of the like Jim Meehan and all these like big names, which is I think you know like he rose up with that class, you know. But Bruno uh, Ricard went to them was like, hey, like we love this Bar Five idea. Can we condense it into an online thing for you know the vast public? And I think it cost like thirty bucks or forty bucks. Yeah. Um, and when I did it in 2016 like sixteen or seventeen. I was like, this is everything that I ever wanted to know about bartending that nobody taught me because wow. bartending for me was like- Vodka you, soda. You, well, that and you volunteer to work at lunch and then it's like, oh, Ryan's comfortable back there. Like maybe let's give him a Thursday night or whatever. And that's, and I feel like most people it's just like, here it is, figure it out. Yeah. Good luck. You know, uh, this, this is the majority of it is talking to guests or whatever, but yeah. the history of the American Bart Center, the history of you know, spirits and kind of in-depth knowledge of spirits, like so it's to me it starts with training. It's like finding good people, letting your staff decide if they're worth keeping you know, in your in your work family. Yeah. And then once they're here. I feel like the management should take on a debt with their staff and repay it with education. We're we're getting your time, sure, we're paying you, Uh, you're making tips, you're providing a, a safe place and a livelihood for people, but they need to be constantly educated. So I get my staff, entire front of house staff, every two weeks I get them for two hours. We feed them, they clock in for training, and we have uh, you know, in-depth presentations on you know various spirits. Uh, sometimes they'll do uh, tastings in front of everyone. Uh, you know, we'll bring in you know brand reps to and talk about their brands. Obviously, we have a boatload on the back wall that yeah. is, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of daunting. Um, but there's no way that we could possibly cram everything they need to know about this place into two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like one of the great powers that you know we have as managers is to say like, you know. I'll take you from from A, you know, all the way to Z. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to be on this train, I'll find someone else. You know. And if you can say that and say like, you know what, I'm, I will constantly be willing to train, then you will always have great people. And there, there's something that I, I love that we get on, on reviews all the time. It's like, oh, what a knowledgeable staff, great staff, great staff. Um, Huge and, example, and that, yeah. Marissa the other night. Yeah, I mean, she came in here. Uh, was, uh, one of my. Uh, proudest moments ever uh, she, I interviewed her she's like no nah, I'm a server at this wine bar I don't have any bartending experience but you know I'm a hard worker and it's just like I could tell she just had that natural excuse me natural empathy yeah um, and you know here we are I don't know a year and a half later Dude. We hired her right before COVID, so a year and a half. And And then also the big chunk of of COVID, so I mean like, let's say a year. And, you know, my girl's back there, you know, double shaking. Double you know, stirring. St- yeah, you know, double stirring, shaking. Uh, she could do bourbon tastings. Like, she schooled these guys, you know, that you we know, were like, oh my, kind of where's, 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 that, where's, that, where's that guy that guy that's been doing it? And it's like, oh, she's she's right here. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's gonna she's, be doing your bourbon tasting. And you could tell that they were a little like, oh, you're gonna, you know? And then by the end, you know, the guy's like, you know, I can't believe how much I learned today. Like, I feel like I'm a bourbon guy, but so she's just an incredible example of like, of, of what can, can, can happen from, from great training. And, uh, you know, you, you obviously can't, uh, you gotta hire good people that want to drink that are thirsty, you know what I mean? And so when I'm in an interview and I have something that says like, you know, I just feel stagnant at my job. Like, I feel like I'm just treading water. I'm not learning, I'm not growing. I'm like, dude, you could be here for five years and keep growing because there's so much to learn. You get burned out on bourbon, it's like, cool, switch to Amaro. Get burned out on Amaro, like we got tons of scotch. Like, I mean, every every major category, you know, after dinner, fortified wine, like the wine program itself. So it's it's um, to me, like, again, like your greatest power is your ability to train because you'll be able to protect your business. Like currently we don't own this business. but if you were an owner per se, if you could train yourself up to be able to train everyone underneath you, then you're 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 going to be great because you're no longer I at the anything. yeah you're not at the mercy of your management team. I worked, uh, I'm not going to you know throw anybody under the bus, but like. I've had owners before that literally hire some managers and then they just disappear into the ether. You know what I mean? And it's like this guy sucks. Like he's he's keeping your business open, yeah, but it's not thriving. Barely. You know, and uh, I think that uh, Gary Crunkelton, uh is really great about kind of inspiring all of us to, to thrive. That's a, a term we use a lot around here. It's not just succeed. Not just you, you know, yeah. Uh, Succeeding or not even just like, I forget the percentages, but you know, most, most restaurants fail and then like 15, it's like, it's like, like 80% fail, 20% survive
0: 15 or 5% like thrive.
1: Yeah. He's like, we want to be that top 5% that actually thrive, you know, and not just here, but also in our personal lives. So, uh, Gary talks about being top line driven. Uh, you know, we pay the front of house staff $5 an hour. Uh, this is what? twice what the minimum wage is for front of house employees. Yeah. Uh, to me, the worst part about serving tables and bartending was always that IRS bill. You know, you get to the end of the year and you work worked really hard, and I mean, all of a sudden you owe, you, yeah, you owe three weeks worth of income to the government. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like heartbreaking. So that $5 an hour at 40 hours a week is almost $6,500. So our employees in the front of house usually get a refund. Uh, we do uh, health insurance for uh, for people in the front of house. We have mental health programs. Uh, it's just the constant training. Like we're really making sure that they're taken care of and they feel like, why would I want to go anywhere else? Yeah. You know, like if somebody was trying to try and come and poach someone, they're like, wow, I have like managers that listen to me, I'm, you know, I'm heard. You know, we'll sit down and, and it's not an easy thing to do, but we'll sit down with our entire staff during one of those trainings and be like, we're gonna go around the room, everyone give us one to two things that you're not proud of here. And as a manager and being the person in charge, that is a tough conversation, man. Yeah. I once did it by myself, I didn't have my my uh, my backup, my GM and my, uh, my AGM with me and I would highly suggest to have some backup with you yeah. just to share the load because I felt like crap the rest of the day. But. You know, I wrote everything down, sent it out in an email, and our promise to the staff is that we will fix every single one of those things within a week. And we do every time. And that really is something that allows us to continue to grow and excel um, because there is so much to, to look at and manage as, you know, uh, as a restaurant. So having the boots on the ground, be like, hey man, I'm really not proud about how we store our liquor. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll buy some new shelving we'll get it, we'll get it right. And then after that, it's like, A, I I helped and contributed, not me, but the the employee that told me. Yeah. Um, And then every day they look at it and they're filled with pride because they helped solve this problem. They're publicly recognized for, solving that problem, you know, and then there's a respect transfer where like I helped them not only achieve that, but, uh, I took care of, I heard them and I took care of this issue for them. And so, you know, every moment's a chance to gain or lose respect with your staff. And being a great manager, I think is less about delegation and telling people to do things and more about managing their expectations of you. Um, you know, there's a Instagram meme. It's like, you know, a good leader and it's like out it's like a bunch of Egyptians and he's out yeah. front holding them, you know, and then there's yeah. like a bad leader. And it's the guy sitting on on top of them all and throne.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I, there was a, a manager at the Charlotte City Club. I can't remember his name, but I remember he replaced one of the hardest working uh, banquet directors we'd ever had. Uh, shout out Joan, wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, and nobody knew how he was going to possibly fill her shoes. And I remember the first couple months that this guy was with us, like he did everything. Won us over. I remember just being like, "God, I respect the shit out of this guy." Like, he's in the trenches taking grenades with me. I'm just a back waiter, you know. And uh, he eventually kind of pulled off the a little bit. But I mean, without that initial, like, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. You know, I'm not above uh, doing anything. You know, I, I I, you know, my spirits director Hunter. Routinely, will go into the back of house and grab the linens and take it or Must, grab uh, it. throw a couple racks of yeah. I mean, to and you know, it's not it's not necessarily like you're being fake or whatever. But when you do things like that and you you do it in front of your staff and you you know, it's like William Wallace and he's like he's like you know, flank them, you know, let let them see you leave. You have to let them see you doing these things that. Um, you know, might be beneath your, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I get it. your title or whatever. Yeah. I just think it's so important especially with, with newer staff members, you know, really over leveraging. Yeah, you,
2: uh, you always need current <laughs> credibility yeah, with, yeah. with everybody. So we'll talk about the cheese steaks. How do we, how do we, uh, how did we get into this something you guys always thought about? Like, you know, so you probably know, tell, tell everybody that doesn't know yeah. what is the, what is a little side project, little venture that we're working on? Yeah,
1: so Cheat's Cheesesteak Parlor uh, kind of started um, during COVID. Greg and I spent, and we still do, uh, like hours on the phone, like kind of late at night. He'll buzz me, you know, our uh, significant others, you know, usually crash first, and hope God be like, you up? Yeah, you wake. But, an uh, idea. Yeah, well, it's usually, you know, we're both, uh, you know, nocturnal animals, so, a lot of creatives will tell you they do their best thinking at night but during covid like it was like holy crap like what are we going to do like yeah. so before we it's like we have a meeting with the owners or you know hannah or whatever so we would try and have, have like a pre-meeting where like we would get kind of on the same page and you know using our last well, experience I mean, together we have almost 40 years of experience in the business so yeah I mean. um and so we, we really, uh, you know, even though we opened the restaurant together, that really kind of brought us really close. We spent a lot of time talking on the phone. And, yeah. uh, and I think we were really, uh, you know, we were successful in doing you know, these pivots. We it just so happens that right at the beginning of COVID, there's all these like holidays. And so we did like Mother's Day brunch and- uh, His side hustle was throwing parties back yeah, in the day yeah i used to throw raves whatever i'll just say it nice and, uh, uh, yeah and so we would do crazy decorations and whatever and so and i've got catering background and all the other stuff so I was like let's let's help these people throw a party at their
0: house at their house so even just the four of them, the, them the, two, the mom dad two kids or mom dad and a kid it's like how can we make an event at your house that you can celebrate have fun capture the moment take a picture share it with us we can share it with everybody else but like can we, we can make covid not
1: Bad. Yeah. How can we make it fun? Yeah, and I mean, here me and Hunter, my spirits director, stuffing piñatas for six thousand pieces of candy. Yeah, you know we did. I think we sold one hundred and fifty of those. We had one hundred and fifty in like full size piñatas. We lined up. Yeah,
0: all the way down sombreros, shot glasses, maracas. I mean, the whole night
1: we created a a whole cinco party for for your house, and we did that for literally everything up through June. Uh,
2: so that was a side hustle
1: to keep. For the Crunkleton, You're like, you no, know, that was for here. But that's how we, well, that's
0: getting the cheats. And then.
2: Okay, okay. got it. So
0: like, what do we open? What, what does Charlotte not have? You know, what is,
1: what's the next move for, for the future? What is the future of the yeah. food scene? For us, it was, I drove by, chicken so I live over in Cotswold. So I'm driving by the Cotswold <clears> Chick-fil-A <throat> every day. And I'm like, these motherfuckers crushing yeah. yeah like lying <laughs> down the road but but they've also figured they've pivoted their outside area like so that they can deal with all this volume they closed the inside which is probably great for them they like threw up the shades and they're like all right cool this is all storage now because yeah. we're really about to murder it yeah and so i'm driving by. And i'm like all right you know I, I also love youtube youtube's like I, like i think me and you know, my fiance have every single Uh, like subscription, streaming service, and I only watch YouTube. I don't even care about all the fictional crap. I love watching stuff on not only restaurants and food, but uh, I just think it's, you know, the the non-fictions, like maybe I'm getting older, you know. Next up is, you know, old war, war documentaries. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, so pretty much every one of the uh, restaurant bloggers that I follow was talking about how fast casual and fast food were just through the roof. You know me and him are talking late and i'm like how we we've got to find and narrow down something something up. on you know you look at yafo and uh what's his name he popped up like fs yeah. yeah fs popped up like six of those in no time because it's just approachable delicious the style of service you know uh those every, waters I, man yeah All every juices yeah the juices <laughs> are so good um so, we, so we've been kind of we always it didn't wanted exist, it was there wasn't a good mediterranean kind of spot like that yeah and he came in and, and filled it filled a niche so yeah you know saying like okay well the Crumpleton <clears throat> in all its amazingness is extremely difficult uh in terms of training in terms of pr- procurement uh every part of it yeah, yeah and we're up to that task so if we're up to that task like how we would like how much would we crush it if we did something super simple, you yeah. know? And I called him up one night after watching this video uh, about Jim's on YouTube, Jim's uh, on South Street. And the owner's like, you know, we, we we slice in-house and they even showed like the slice and stack. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't think I've ever had a fresh meat uh, cheese steak. I mean, in high school when I worked at Deli's. In Philly. On oh, okay. South Street in Philly. Um, that's
0: where I went, actually,
1: last weekend. <clears throat> yeah, the black, it's like <clears throat> kind of
0: red. Yeah. You got go to go awesome. to Lorenzo's across the
1: street yeah. and get a slice of pizza and do the South Philly Street. Philly taco. Okay. Philly taco. But um, what's the point? Oh, yeah. So when I was in high school, we did Phillies at the deli I worked at. Puck. But it was a puck meat Steakums. And in order to give it any flavor, you douse it with Worcestershire, you know, like and pretty much every place in the city, we went around to 10 different, but the top 10 best Phillies in the city, you know, whatever that art mean you guys can do it yourselves at home. And we're like really disappointed. We're like, this is all puck meat, uh, and it's trap. I mean, they're just not great. I'm talking about here, yeah, in Charlotte. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, well, we're d- we're definitely going to give this a go. I remember his wife was like, I don't know what what you said to Greg, but this cheesesteak thing was a total earworm. You won't stop talking about it. <laughs> so we had we had a couple uh, R and D sessions at his house. I mean, we did everything from A five wagyu, which I highly recommend not doing. Uh, even though it's delicious. It was good, stomachs were but, just worked. But, but so so much fat you're just yeah, like, oh my God, what a dive. But honestly, the A5 was a really great kind of learning tool because we realized that most people, when they think of cheese steaks, they think of these gut bomb cheesesteaks. And so that's honestly why we use Top Round. It's a little bit leaner. Yeah, we, tr- we tried top ribeye, top. but I mean, the shrinkage, you, you lose you know, 25, percent and, so and there's so much extra fat, right? So we already have enough fat from the cheese. Um, I want people to feel great after they finish the sandwich yeah. and, and move on with their their day and not yeah. be like, oh my god, I, I don't I don't we'll want that just need, yeah. yeah, I don't wanna eat that because I'm gonna have I'm gonna you know pass out afterwards. Uh-huh. But but yeah, we so we did some R and D sessions and uh, just realized that this is we were definitely on to, awesome. to something. Uh, especially with the whiz. You know, like you know no offense. I got. I got, you yeah,
2: you know, yeah. up in up in yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was like, what cheese do you normally get? They're like whiz. You have Wiz. to get whiz. Yeah. yeah. So it was, well, it was my first time eating blue really cheesesteak in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no uh, No shade to provolone people at all. Yeah. Um, but for us, because we, we, we did we did mozzarella, provolone, American, white American, and yeah, like everything. Just to see, right? We, so we had all these cheesesteaks and we just kept coming back to the whiz because it gets down into every nook and cranny, it's super melty, yeah. it's already a little bit seasoned, a little yeah. bit salty. Yeah. Uh keeps the sandwich molten hot. Yeah, I mean you, if so on the flat tops we have, you know, a double boiler and it's rolling hot. So when, it, when we whiz the sandwich, it's it's not like we have to add heat to melt the cheese. It's already rocking. Yeah. And so then you roll it up and then you've got this molten whiz with the super hot uh, steak and onions and then the, the bun's been steamed. I mean, it's just heaven. Nice. Um, and so, we just kind of felt like, man, nobody's really highlighted whiz. Nobody does a whiz, uh, you know, a whiz here in the, in the city. So let's when we do the pop-ups. Let's focus on that. Let's yeah. educate Charlotte. Let's kind of make that our thing. Okay. Um, And so myself, Greg, and Hannah, our general manager here, uh, sat down, put together, created the brand. Uh, you know, put together a whole pro forma like. The pro, this incredible pitch package. Uh, you know, I had a commercial real estate agent find us a building, which is right down the street here. And we literally sat down with uh, the partners here and just kind of slid it across the table and presented and had our fingers crossed it was the most terrifying day because it was kind of like, don't he fire us. Slipped it over and he was like, I like it already. Yeah, He was, he was like, like but I mean, like, who pitches, you know, like the ownership of the place they work at to be like, hey, like, by the way, I know I'm doing a great job at this current thing, but I also want to do this. I <laughs> want you, know, you to finance me opening y- my own spot. Y- Please don't fire us. Yeah. yeah no, let's go. Um, but I, so the original actual location was in South End, uh, that that I was eyeing, and we we're kind of it's just so popping over there, like you know, the late night. We're like, man, we would crush it late night. Yeah. Um, and I called him one night, and I was like, man, like we've been struggling with the brand. And I was like, and these people over there, like you've ever been to South End during the day, like everybody's a runner, everyone's like fit. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, good looking. I'm like, come am to go over there and try and sell them, you know, cheesy, <laughs> like, fatty cheesesteaks. And uh, I was like, what if we're just super honest about it? You know, let's just call the place Cheat Day. <clears throat> <Gotcha. clears throat> you know, this is where you go okay. for your cheat sure. day. Gotcha. And, and Greg's like, cause he's, he's like the king of puns. He's like, yeah, dude, we'll sell Philly Cheat Steaks. And I just, the cheat steak thing just stuck with me. Originally, it was gonna be Cahoots. Yeah, because we were in Cahoots. We were in Cahoots. But of course, there's like a uh, a top 50 world's best bar over in England that's named Cahoots. But, uh, but so the, the brand ended up kind of coming out of just earnestly trying to say, like, hey, like,
2: yeah.
1: you know, I know you count your calories and probably wake up at 5 a.m. to go for a run every day, but yeah. on the day that you're willing to kind of, you know, break from that, you know, we got you. Come see us. Yeah, this is, it's going to be really delicious. And I mean,
2: it's popped off. Like you guys have, you guys have the pop-ups yeah. now. You know, you guys got a great following. I mean, people are, are definitely knowing who you guys are.
1: Yeah. The, well, I, I can honestly attribute that to my fiance. We're at our very first pop-up and I give her my phone and I'm like, listen, I have like two pictures on our Instagram, I need anything you can possibly get us. And all the pictures we have are from my house. Yes, yeah, which couldn't be <laughs> couldn't be better. we, we were horrible. drinking while we were in there, yeah. Like anyways. Uh, so I give her the uh, my phone and she puts it on the slow-mo. And Greg just being the you know class clown. Doing his, doing his thing. You know, and, he, and he like gets in there and does this like slow-mo whiz and we were like, that's it. You know, the slow-mo- uh, Cheese pour. Cheese pour has been a humongous uh, nice. selling. because You're just watching and just like, oh my God, that looks so good. And it is, it delivers. Like, yeah. you know, if, if the Instagram was great and uh, all the pictures are real sexy and whatever, and then you got the sandwich and it wasn't any good, like we wouldn't have been able to go from zero to 10,000 almost followers yeah. uh, in less than a year. Um, and that's largely attributed to Greg. Like, uh, Love that. you know, and our market, our marketing team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the, the pictures.
0: I mean, it, it, they help out a lot. I mean, and I, I think that the one thing that sets us apart from like a Philly cheesesteak is the mill. Like, we don't do the super thin. Um, chopped up to yeah. you know, beat the shit meat. Yeah. And, and it's great, I'm not saying it's bad, but yeah. ours is you know, much thicker. Um, three mil. Three mil, so we're, we're the Philly, Philly norm is like 1.3 mil, we're doing three mil. Um, tr- working to get a, uh, a company to slice us two mil, or 2.2 mil. Yeah. So just, it's like eating a steak sandwich. And a, and yeah, a Philly yeah, cheese yeah, steak, you know, yeah. so it's like it's got the it's got the pull to it. It's that got some, some texture, che- so you're, you're chewing it. It's it's juicy. It's, yeah. um, you can you know, get some caramelization on it. So it's it's. Hey, you have my the Maillard reaction. You have, uh, you know, the steak juices. Bigger chunks of onions. so so it's like. You get a whole one. You, it's yeah. just it's a I love it, it's man. a different sandwich. And when we originally were talking about cheats, we we kind of. I'm talking about what is the next step for the food scene? What is, what is the restaurant yeah. um, seem to be like later? And everybody's kind of become accustomed and trained now to Uber Eats, to Grubhub, to DoorDash. Yeah. It's just, well, I pay dollar $1.50 and somebody brings it to me. I don't have to go out in public. I don't have to yeah. put, on oh, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> put on pants. Yeah, literally, I don't put on pants. You bring it to me? I was like, yeah. Well, shit, I'll pay $1.50. Yeah. And so, what are human beings going to be like in a year? You know, yeah. Is it going to progress to more and more Makes delivery sense. and delivery and pick up. Yeah. You so know, And, it and it smaller and smaller boxes, instead of these big 300 seat, 400 seat restaurants. I mean, we went to a no seat restaurant. It's yeah. just pick up, because it's like- No
1: front of house.
0: So uh, all the, what
1: you guys are doing? Yeah, yeah.
0: 500, like s- 500 square feet, all kitchen, Love it. employee bathroom. So all tips care. will go to the kitchen staff. So I mean, our kitchen staff will make
1: a serious yeah, living we're a page. Page. The idea is that the kitchen, or the, I think the entire industry is evolving to realize that like, a living wage is not being made by the majority of, of restaurant kitchen workers. Um, and so I'm proud to say that you know at the Crunkleton, you know our, our minimum here is uh, I think 17. 17. Um, and goes all the way up to like 20, 20 something. And I think that, and that's on top of the benefits. And, and we've, yeah. we, we have vacations. Really, yeah, we have this really cool uh, program. You know, program that Greg and I uh, put together called Buy the Kitchen Around. Uh, up north, it's really, pu- you know, kind of more prevalent than it is in the South, but you can be like, hey, I wanna buy the kitchen around, and it's usually beer. Well, taking that kind of traditional, like I wanna buy the kitchen around, we take 15, it's $15 per person that, that wants to buy it, and- if so you ring this bell, like, like a cowbell, just, just 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 your mill
0: service, also this bell just starts getting rang by some random person, snap, like, that? like well, they just bought around for the kitchen.
1: Yeah, so it's a way for the, the the people that are buying it to let the kitchen know that they just bought it. But instead of giving a beer, we're giving them a cash bonus on their check so every it's every every well it was every uh every 10 we sold we, you, we know, get you get a $150 bonus. bonus on
0: their paycheck so, so now
1: every $500 and every
0: 500 so when they get the check and and we we launched this program yesterday but within the last within the last pay period we had a, we'd already accumulated enough to pay the first guy their $500 bonus nice. yeah. so like one of my guys will get just a $500 check on top of his check and be like hey man thank you for doing your job which equates i mean i mean a couple of dollars an hour so if you're making 17 that's like now you're making 22 dollars an hour for this yeah, pay period that. yeah i mean people are doing like the tip the
1: kitchen thing and uh, i think that's great i think that uh you know anything that can drive more uh money into the pocket of kitchen workers to have a sustainable life and uh, you know i think is extremely important
0: on oh, your is, mental stability yeah. not the way you feel and think about yourself i mean yeah. you know a lot of the guys are, a lot yeah. of the guys are like i'm just a- just a fucking line cook, man. You know, they, they, they know how they treat us. We're just the, the guys back here that grunt through it and take the and that's beatings. Not, that's and, not what we want. But that's not what, what, what we want. We want you be, like, to thrive and understand like you're you're cared about, you're respected, you're appreciated. I mean, yeah. without you, we wouldn't be here. And now you should be compensated for it and you should have your time off to enjoy your money, not just you're working to work or you're working to make money and you, don't, you can't get a time off. It's like, take a time off, take a
1: week off, take a week off. Yeah, I mean, it's the men- mental health in the industry is finally- is finally taking precedence. You know, like the industry that me and Greg came in, and that you came up in was the tough it out. You know what I mean? Plate of food against yeah. yeah, yeah, your like, chest. You now no, no, clean like, that like, mess treat up and like shit. You know, like be berated, feel like shit when you wrap your shift uh and now uh, thankfully you know people have really started to crank the sympathy for having great mental health you know having a great work-life balance yep. you know like a happy you know they always say like happy wife happy life it's the same thing you know ha- happy workers happy guests happy owners yeah. and that's you know gary's top line yeah the, the whole recycling you know that and it, without uh you know without that, balance, I think that uh, you know, that's what kind of leads some restaurants to kind of break the levy and kind of fold. Um, you know, like you can't treat people like crap anymore. Uh, you know, we don't put up with uh, you know, any Disrespect. type of sexual, disrespectful uh, yeah. sexual harassment and stuff like that. And you know, you want to have a safe work environment for people, but.
2: I love that. But yeah. Boys, this is awesome.
1: Thank yeah. you, brother. Awesome.
2: I mean, we—I feel like we could literally chat for like. Oh, we could.
1: Hours. <laughs> Remember, I told you on the phone. I was like, <laughs> I was like, my man's a talker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk yeah, to you? I—I yeah, uh,
2: loved it. You know, appreciate you guys, Greg Brian. thanks for coming and chatting with us. And uh, if you guys have not eaten the cheats cheese steaks, which I going to stop by. You and, need uh, to come on Monday. We got you for sure. And then uh, obviously the Crockett's and man, absolutely phenomenal restaurant, location, uh, bar. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, it, sound, it sounds like there's reasons why it's become successful. There's Hopefully. reasons, like I guess, have been here for years. You know, staff, training, knowing the numbers, the details. This isn't just a afterthought. Everything is thought about yeah. in this business. And so uh, I got a lot from this, to be honest with you. So thank appreciate you. you guys so much. Uh, thanks for, for checking us out.
1: Yeah, and thank if, you guys. We'll see
2: you guys in the next episode.
0: The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.